anything bothers me and I'm feeling unhappy, I just try and think of nice things. What kind of things? Oh, well, let me see. Nice things. What up, what up, what up? I'm your host, Destiny, and you're listening to Who We Are Podcast. And we're going to be kicking it off with our third week in the series, A Few of My Least Favorite Things. Maybe you've heard of The Sound of Music and their song called A Few of My Favorite Things. Well, this is the opposite. It's A Few of My Least Favorite Things. And I'm not talking about pineapple on pizza or leeches. I'm talking about characteristics. And this week, we're going to be unpacking the major characteristic of laziness. And those... And that is a few of my least favorite things. We're going to unpack, unravel, and in return, build a trench of truth to combat the habits, characteristics, because we are not fighting a war just of flesh and blood, but a spiritual battle, one that is against our minds, hearts, and the very soul of who we are. Thank you so much for listening if you're tuning in today. Let's get into it. So like I said, we're going to be talking about laziness today. Week one, we talked about pride and the unduly high opinion of oneself and the one who is arrogant and one who seems haunty, haughty, I always call it haunty, like Shanti, get y'all butt over here, uh, <laughs> and then week two, we talked about gluttony and envy and the material lust of things, the feeling of discontentment and resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or abilities, and people's callings, and this week, we're going to be talking about slothness, laziness, procrastination, the action of delaying, unwilling to work, or use energy, which is something God does not like. Do you ever just meet someone with no motivation or goals and they just kind of drift through the day-to-day life? Like, I know sometimes I just see people and I'm like, you have so much potential inside of you. Why are you not using it? You know, or in school. I bet we can all think of that one group member in a group project who wouldn't really pull their weight. I remember this one time in my English lit, we had to do a group project. I believe it or not, procrastination. And this one guy procrastinated so much that he forgot to do his slide for the presentation on procrastination. So we're up there, you know, we're in front of the entire auditorium of like all the seniors in the senior lit class and it's our turn to go. And so like we're all talking, we're speaking, we're presenting our presentation and we get to his slide and it's blank. (laughs) And like me and one of my friends is looking at each other like, oh no, we're going to get an F. Because this guy didn't do his project. Thankfully, the kid had smooth talking and quick rebounds as a skill because he managed to convince the entire class and our professor that it was on purpose as an example for what procrastination looks like and whipped up an entire speech on the fly, helping our group get an A on the project. As my one friend said, he didn't have a monster, he had charisma. JK. But seriously, a monster procrastination is a real and true thing in all of our lives at some point in our lives. Whether it's with the day-to-day life, whether it's with a job, it's with chores, it's with even reading our Bible. You know, you can procrastinate like, I just really don't want to feel it because our flesh just wants to be lazy. It doesn't want us to achieve our goals. Satan doesn't want us to achieve our goals. You know, he just, he wants to get us in this place of just being so filled with fear and just so much that we procrastinate our calling. You know, and the thing is, if you don't end up doing it, God's going to have somebody else do it, even though he wants you to do it. And you're thinking, well, that's exactly, I can just, God can have someone else do it. Like, no, he created you, knitted you with purpose, and he's given you a calling that he wants you to do. He wants you to take up that phone call with him and pursue that life, you know? But seriously, our culture today struggles with motivation, whether it's with work, like I said, or exercising or reading our Bibles or keeping commitments. We have become lazy people physically and spiritually. You know, we look for any distraction that comes our way, even without intentionally realizing it. 
<laughs> just the other day as I started working on the outline of this episode and just creating this podcast, I got distracted looking at Pinterest for graphic art. And 20 minutes later, I realized I was now looking at random facts about the Queen of England and about food and not even looking at what I came on Pinterest to look at. And I wasn't typing or working on my podcast I came to work on. And the sad thing is we've begun to raise a generation of kids where if they have something that they have to do, it's too hard, you know, commitments, and they just don't want to do it. You know, like, I meet kids now, and it's it's really sad because, like, don't get me wrong, we all are going to have things that we don't like to do, but the school system, in a sense, has dumbed down so much that it's like, you have five questions to answer in your math problems for homework, and it's like, I don't want to do it, it's too hard. Dude, when I was in school, I had to do 20 a night. <laughs> like, don't be complaining, you know? And it's just, we've become that way. And we have stopped dreaming, stopped pursuing, stopped running the race. That So many of us have become lukewarm in our walks. It's like we've almost become to take Jesus for granted. Like, yeah, cool, I got a free get-out-of-jail card. Thanks, Jesus, my man. I'm going to go play video games now and scroll social media aimlessly rather than spend time with you. You know, we would rather in our flesh procrastinate spending time with Jesus, sitting around being bored, than read the convicting and freeing word of God. Or maybe that's just me and my moments of lazy fleshness. Because there are times, I will be honest with you, that the flesh is battling, and that's where you have to put it to death. Like Paul says, put to death the flesh. Because it is a real, true spiritual battle. Like, there are days, like, where, like, I either psych myself out with the busyness of the day of, like, oh, I gotta go do this, 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 when in reality, I still have probably, like, 30 minutes to an hour before I actually need to go do it because I'm such, like, a I-need-to-be-like-30-minutes-early kind of person. And I try to, like, rush to my Bible time and not give Jesus the proper time and not just, like, mentally be there with him. I'm just, like, kind of floating by, you know? It's like when you're listening to a conversation, but you're not listening, and then they ask a question, you're like, oh, wait, what was it again? (laughs) It's like that. Or, like, there are times, like, on, like, Shabbat, you know, like, the Sabbath, that, like, I know in my heart that I need to be honoring God, and it's a day of rest, and I need to be, like, putting my focus towards Him and I guess I'm supposed to honor God every day, and I do, but, like, it's purely a day for God's glory, you know, like, that is the day we set aside for rest to honor Him, like, intentionally, you know, and there are just days, like, I'm, like, just trying to motivate myself to read my Bible, because in my flesh, I'm, like, I gotta go spend that time, when in reality, like, (laughs) God is probably sitting there, like, bro, like, don't you want to hang out with your friend, like, that's what it is, it's a relationship, spending time with Him, like, you always want to go hang out with your best friend. That's like Jesus, you know? And then when I finally motivate myself and basically put to death the flesh, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to read my Bible now. It is the most rejuvenating, freeing thing in the entire world. And next thing I know, I've spent like three, four hours in my Bible and just in prayer and worship. And I'm like, wow, you know, I feel like I have my whole day ahead because it's true. Like when you put God first, he will extend like the time in your day. But there are days that like I like, I in a sense rush through it in my flesh, you know, and I just... I don't give God the pop proper honor that he deserves and it feels like my day like flies by and I'm like I feel like I've got nothing done and I feel like I've just been rushed everywhere you know but the Bible actually gives the command that if you do not work you do not eat you know like we're talking about laziness you know and in 2nd Thessalonians 3 10 like that's where God talks like and what well, it's God talking through like the writer and he's just like if you don't work you don't eat you know being a sloth and being lazy believe it or not, psychologically, and whatnot, also brings down your confidence and motivation. You know, you slowly start growing a bum mentality. Like, the more and more, like, 
there are days like I don't exercise because like I've I try to exercise like every day just because it's good for my body and I know my body needs it and there are days I'm like I don't really want to go do 20 (laughs) sit-ups you know I don't want to go for that run I don't want to go exercise and you know you take that day off and then the next day you're just like oh and before you know it's been like a week and a half since you've exercised and you're just like I've become lazy you know and it brings down your confidence and your motivation and it soon turns into a disastrous lifestyle for some And we have to grasp this concept of working hard. There is always something to do, but sometimes we would rather procrastinate. The gospel always needs to be preached. And a lot of times we like to procrastinate. We like to make excuses of like, well, somebody else, or, you know, they can go to church and hear the pastor speak, or that would be awkward, or I don't know them, or it's going to inconvenience me. And we just, we become lazy in sharing the gospel as messengers for Christ. Okay. Work hard in everything you do, like whether you eat or sleep, do it all for the glory of God. You know, work hard for the Lord because working always brings profit, but too much sleep brings disappointment and shame. When you're lazy, not only do you suffer, but other people around you suffer as well because of the result of your lazy slothness. Work to help others. Ask the Lord to strengthen your hands to remove any slothness in your body. The the psychological effect behind it is one would rather interact with themselves from 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 that of the hard work to do something less challenging and easier. Sorry, I'm like tripping over my words. You know, somebody would rather interact with themselves away from the hard work to do something less challenging and easier. But here's the truth. When you are procrastinating, you are just prolonging to the end, which you could have already had been done with, and now you still have that work to do in less time. Like that little procrastination monkey in your head, you know, and I, I see it. That's like one of the things like with working with students that I work with, you know, and working with them is like, they'll be like, I don't want to do my homework. It's boring. It's hard. Is this, is that? And I'm like, you have to do it either way. And I know you want to go play, but the thing is you could have already had your work done to be playing, which is what you want, but you're going to procrastinate. And you're going to whine, which makes you even more agitated, which then agitates everyone around you because they don't want to hear it. And you still have to work to do. You know, it is a, it's a ripple effect. And you are just prolonging the inevitable of you have to get it done. It's like when you have to write an essay for school of the teachers give you enough time, but then you tend to procrastinate, procrastinate. And then you know, it's due by midnight and you've written your title (laughs) and your name, maybe, you know. The truth is, though, God has knitted in each of us the ability to work. And whatever we do, whether it be eating or sleeping, let, it, let us do it for the Lord. Let us motivate ourselves to become passionate at whatever we're doing so that we can fish in the waters we've been given with a cheerful attitude rather than one of mad idleness. We are called to go out and make disciples. That takes work. That takes action. That takes dedication. Something that will not happen being a couch potato binging Netflix. All through the Bible, you see a familiar pattern of action. People taking action for good or bad, they took action. And the ones who did not take action were called out for their laziness. The first story that comes to mind is the lampstand with the oil. You know, ten of them prepared, they went and they got the rest. The other ones, they did not prepare. And when the time came, they did not have enough oil. The same thing with work. If you don't get your work done, if a farmer was to procrastinate and be lazy about their work, they wouldn't have food in the fall to feed their families or themselves. You have to motivate yourselves into what you are doing and become 
passionate about it because you're not just going to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I'm so passionate to go to work today. But it's something that you have to motivate your do of like, come on, let's get up, let's get dressed, let's go, let's praise the Lord because he's given me another day to work and glorify him in what I'm doing. Because we are all parts of the body. And A, it's a biblical command. B, you kind of need it for yourself because there are days, like, don't get me wrong, you need a rest. Okay? And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But you're not going to wake up with that magic antidote of like, oh, I'm so cheerful, I get to go to work. And if you don't like the lifestyle that you have, maybe that's a wake-up call from God of you need to go start pursuing the calling he has on your life. Or maybe you just need to have a heart check of look around and be thankful for that he's given you. A warm bed, a house, some food, a family, some friends, a job. Like those are things to praise the Lord for, you know? And motivation, like I said, is not just something we all wake up with. There are days I wake up and I look at the day ahead and I'm like, Lord, thank you for this day. But I also struggle with the motivation and I'm like, oh, it's going to be a very long day ahead of me. You know, and the, with the pressures I put on myself, I put so much pressure on myself. There is a spiritual battle for my mind. You know, it, it is a, it, sometimes it is a struggle. Like I am not feeling well. My body aches. I have to go make a vegetable, like, thing that I know is good for me but I'm not really in the mood I just want to like cuddle up in a bed and binge movies and watch movies and eat popcorn you know like there are sometimes you just gotta do things you don't like you gotta put some elbow grease into it you know and I constantly I put a lot of pressure on myself too which isn't always good and I need to learn to not do that so much but it sometimes also does help me achieve you know motivation is not always given it's often created And that is the truth. Motivation is not something you just wake up with. It's something you have to cultivate inside of you. It is a habit. It's like a habit of gratitude, a habit of thankfulness. Habits are lifestyles just being made in the process. You know, it's something I have to create and push myself to be compassionate about what I'm doing. I have to keep the end goal in mind and not forget the little baby steps that are super important in between. And I often have a problem with that. You know, I am such a visionary and there's nothing wrong with being a visionary. If you're a visionary out there, you have a special gift. You know, we visionaries are able to see the end goal. Like somebody's just like, oh yeah, I really like art. And we instantly, we could, we can, in a sense, dive into their full potential. We can see what they could become. We can see the end big vision goal of the ultimate, like, oh, you know, I could totally see you open up this amazing like coffee shop or art studio or just starting this professional business of like, we see the vision. But we often get so caught up and like worried and stressed out about the baby steps. At least I know I do. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to get there. In reality, it's just little habits every day of bettering yourself 1% better in every little area. And before you know it, you are 50% better of a person. If you go to bed not knowing something new, not learning something new, not cultivating anything new, even if it's just reading a new random fact you didn't learn, you are degrading yourself. You are not pushing yourself to constantly be growing. You're not growing your mind. And for a learner, I know I am such a learner. Like, I love learning new things. And it's often in those times that I, in a sense, don't motivate myself to learn about new things because I know I'm going to end up digging in and writing about a big essay about it because I'm just that type of person. I want to know everything about it. That, like, I just become stagnant and I, in a sense, become lazy in my mental growth, in a sense. And I'm like, I'm so bored and my mind is fried. And I'm like, oh, wait, I haven't learned anything, (laughs) you know? That's just me. And... Like I said, the habits you create today will shape your tomorrow. You know, the words, your words are the forerunners to your life. The thoughts that you are thinking in your head become your words and your words become your actions and your actions shape your life. 
So what do you want your life to look like? Oftentimes, if you feel lazy, that can cultivate a life of laziness, you know? You're like, oh, I'm so lazy. Oh, I'm so this, I'm so that. Then you're purposely telling yourself that. So then when you are lazy, your brain's like, oh, you're just living up to your potential. But if you start speaking life into yourself, of like, no, I will succeed. I am motivated. I am achieving. I am exercising that's exercising I am an athlete like you're gonna start telling this yourself that so then next thing you know if you're just getting in this rut of like laziness and you just want to sit down on your phone and scroll your brain's gonna start triggering those truths that you started putting in its head of like wait I thought she said you're an athlete why aren't you why aren't you working out wait I thought she said you're successful why aren't you working towards your goals because your words and your thoughts they become your actions and your actions shape your lifestyle so do you want to cultivate a life of a lazy sloth Or do you want to cultivate a life of a fruitful farmer, of a fruitful disciple of the Lord, cultivating the people around him, helping them grow? Oftentimes, if you feel lazy, that can cultivate, like I said, a life of laziness. You need to get yourself up, shake yourself, have some noodle shaking time where you just let all your limbs go loose and just go for it and do it. The Nike sign of just do it, there are times you just need to just go do it. You know, you might not feel like it. It might be a thing of like, I don't want to get up at 5 a.m. today to go run, but you just need to get up and do it. Because as soon as you hit the floor with your feet and you put on those running shoes and you step outside and that fresh, beautiful air hits you, you will find the strength in you to go run. And when you get done, you will feel so relieved and renewed and refreshed by it. And on the flip side, let's not forget about biblical rest. Biblical rest is not lazy. Sitting still once in a while is not lazy and if you struggle with that feeling you're not alone like that is something I struggle with all the time like I still struggle with it today like I and I and then I beat myself up on it and that's that's where I need to learn to like take myself I guess with more grace because like I like if I get sick like I don't want to sit still you know I'm that type of person I'm like oh it's fine I don't care that I'm losing a limb like I'm, I'm gonna still go to work and they're like no you need, you need to go rest you need to take the day off you need to sleep and I'm like no, because then I'm lazy, you know, and I, like, I, I beat myself up, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be lazy like this, and the thing is, I feel like we often overuse the word lazy, you know, like, we see somebody biblically resting, we see somebody resting their body, and we're like, oh, that person's lazy, like, we overuse that word, you know, and the thing is, like, I said, I could conquer the whole world, and at the end of the day, I could still, in a sense, feel quote-unquote lazy, you know, I love spending time in God's word, but I often struggle with the rest aspect, you know, and it's been years. It's been, I've been getting better, but it's still something that God continues to refine me in. And it's a struggle that I've had to learn to balance and allow myself time to heal and rest and renew my mind and rejuvenate my soul. So that way I can motivate myself in the weeks ahead and the others around me because being burnt out and fried isn't good for you or anyone else around you. You know, if you have an empty cup, you can't be pour you can't be pouring the outflow because you have nothing in the cup and you have nothing outflowing to the people around you. You know, it's not a sin to have a day of rest. And I feel like the devil loves to play both sides. He loves to play the offense defense. And I once heard this saying a long time ago that if the devil can't turn you bad, he'll turn you busy. And we are a culture of go go go. You know? And in a sense, you could you could put this in the phrase of you are lazy at the aspect of biblical rest. You do not give yourself enough time. You do not schedule it in. You have become lazy about letting yourself heal. You know, you become lazy about your mental, emotional, spiritual health. You know, 
and it's true because if you are go go going like yeah you might not be lazy as in sitting around but you are still just as burnt out as the next person who is sitting around all the time it's one end of the spectrum and the other and if the devil can't turn you bad he will turn you busy and before you know it like there are so many times i hear people schedule like i'm so busy lately blah 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 and i'm like well what are you allowing to control your life what are you addicted to because whatever is important to you, you're going to let that be the altar and forefront runner of your life. But then I feel like on the flip side here, you got that like with us and then you go to honor God and you have that Shabbat day of rest and honoring the Lord and just the biblical Sabbath that he commands us to have. And then the devil likes to attack you on that side of like, oh, you are lazy. You're just sitting around doing nothing. You know, you could be going to work right now. You could be cleaning your house. You could be doing all this, all that. You could be go finish all those projects. Like, no, take it in stride. You know, create a schedule of healthy balance, you know. And like I said, I feel like in this culture, we've created this pressure to be busy. And if you're not busy 24-7, it's a crime. So what I'm trying to convey is the balance of rest and work. God showed us back in Genesis. In the beginning, he worked six days. In six days, he created the earth. And on the seventh day, he created rest. You know, so if anyone ever asks you how many days of creation there are, you know, I remember being in elementary school, somebody asked, and I'm like, oh, seven days, and they're like, no, there's six, and the seventh day he rested, I'm like, well, he created rest, he showed us what rest looked like, like, no, there are seven days of creation for a reason, because on the seventh day, God created rest, he showed us, he reflected to us the altar of how we should live our lives, because you do need a day of rest, and maybe for you, it's a different day of the week because of your schedule, you know, and as long as you are giving God the honor he deserves, you know, especially since our calendar is different than the Hebrew calendar because there's that big controversy on Sundays, the Sabbath. Well, no, technically Saturdays, the Shabbat, you know, and it's like our days of the week that we use, they're named off Roman gods, you know, like I personally feel like God will convict every person when you cling and follow his truth. Don't just go along with a crowd and take somebody's word for it. No, back it up with scripture. Go find the answers for yourself. For me and my personal walk in like biblical time of like pursuing God and whatnot, I have found that Saturday to me is closer to Shabbat and that's the day I want to honor God. Yes, I still go to church on Sunday. If there's a church like around like right now, a lot of them are closed because of COVID. But when it's open, I'm there with the community. You know, but I'm still honoring God on Saturday. You know, I'm shutting off my device on Saturday. I'm spending time with my family and friends. And maybe I might turn on my device and have a phone call with a family or friend. Because that is the community of God. And we often talk about the Bible and just where we're at in our spiritual life. But you need to learn to have the balance of rest and work. You need to make sure that whatever you do, you're doing it for the glory of God. And you're just honoring him to the end. Because that's ultimately what he commands us. Is to serve him and to serve him with all of our lives. And our bodies are a temple. You know, our bodies are not our own. Are you going to run a car? If it's your car, and in a sense, this body is not our own, but it's been given to us. Like a car is not technically ours, but it's been given to us by God. Same concept. If you have a car, are you going to run that car rampant and never make sure the tire pressures are good, never change the oil, never check the fluids, never check the air filters, never check the brake fluids, never check the fuel system, Are you never going to wash the windows or give it a bath? No, you're going to take care of that car. Especially if you saved up a lot of money to buy that car. You're going to try to keep it in the best shape as humanely possible. You know, 
you're going to make sure the tires and the gas and all this and everything's working and flowing smoothly. If something sounds wrong, you take it to the dealer to try to get it fixed out and try to get it fixed. Same thing with your body. Your body needs rest that it, so that way it can flow properly throughout the rest of the week and it can work properly. So I just leave you with this today. Like, please cultivate a life honoring to the Lord. Do not cultivate a life of laziness. Be careful about the words that you speak to yourself. Be careful about the words that you speak to the others around you. Do not become lazy in your speech, lazy in your walk. Do not become lazy in your actions, just becoming numb to the things around you, not even realizing that, hey, this might not be God honoring. Why am I doing it? Oh, everyone else is doing it. No, have the wake up call. Pursue a life honoring to the Lord. Thank you so much for listening today. If this encouraged you in any way, shape, or form, please subscribe and share. You can also find me on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out.